Blog Talk Radio.
Jesus. Thank you, mighty Lord. Yes, we are with you, Lord Jesus, by the blood. By the blood of Jesus, the blood of Yeshua, the blood of Jehoshua. We are indeed, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done on the cross. Thank you, mighty Lord. Thank you, mighty God. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, God, Lord Jesus. There's 900 billion trillion, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for not just our words, which is up and down, Lord. The 900 trillion, Lord, and more, Lord Jesus. Clean out the infinite, Lord. Clean our blocks up, Lord Jesus. Keep us, Lord. Speaking your word, your message to your people, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, mighty Lord, almighty God. Almighty Jesus, almighty Jehoshua. In Jesus' name, we pray the Lord of God, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your for your love and mercy, Lord Jesus, because you have loved us, Lord, with everlasting love, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, hallelujah, Lord, for your great love, for your great mercy, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, God. We thank you, Jesus. Oh, glory, Lord Jesus, and all honor and all praise be unto you, the Lord. Thank you for loving us, Lord Jesus, with everlasting love. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless every life tonight, Lord. Speak to your people. Lord Jesus, your message, Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus, according, Lord Jesus, to their need, Lord Jesus. According to, Lord Jesus, what they need in their heart, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Praise you, Lord. Shalom, shalom, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Lord's hour. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God is so awesome. God is so good. Praise you, Lord. God bless you to each one of you and your family. Praise you, Lord. Uh, the book of Nahum once says, Who can stand before his indignation? And who can abide in his fairness of his anger? Hallelujah. His, his fury is poured out like fire. The rocks are thrown down by him. The Lord is good. It is a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he that know that that knoweth the the trust in him, that with the overrunning flood he will make an order in of a place of their in the darkness that shall pursue the enemy. Thank you, Lord. O need will thou and no time will confess that Jesus is Lord. For the, for the glory of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God is so awesome. My God, we serve such a wonderful God, brothers and sisters. Thank you. They have many whom one six. God is. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Trust in the word is being cut out. And, oh, man. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Trust in him. Let me put in verse 8 there. Make sure. Uh, praise you, Jesus. They're all red. Praise God completely. Thank you, Jesus. Well, my brothers and sisters, hallelujah, for sure the Lord is going to come for his bride because he made us a promise that he will return for us. So where he is, we will be also. And that is a mighty promise the Lord made to us. And we can always trust in his promise. We can always trust that whatever he promised us, He's going to fulfill it. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. 
I was the, the Lord had me meditating on certain things this morning. Praise the Lord. He also showed me certain things that are going to come upon this land, which I'm going to share tonight. Praise the Lord. But before I do, brothers and shalom there, sister, and mama. Praise the Lord. Before I do, I want to share something that the Lord was reminding me of. Praise the Lord. The power of walking by faith. Uh, a lot of people, hallelujah, have not understood fully the power there is in a believer when you walk by faith. Brothers and sisters, when you walk by faith and not by sight, first of all, the Word of God teaches that uh, to, to those that believe all things are possible. Praise your Lord. Why is that possible? Because when God all things are possible. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Have a good to force us. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him. If you get prideful, something is wrong with you, is what he's saying. But the just should live by his faith. Praise the Lord. We should live by our faith in Christ. Praise the Lord, which is the word of God also. Jesus is the incarnated word of God. If we will walk by faith, praise the Lord. But if it lifted up, it's not upright in him. If you get prideful, you cannot walk by faith. The Lord is teaching us. Hallelujah. But it must be in humility. Thank you, Lord. We walk by faith, not by sight. Hallelujah. Jesus compared in Luke 17, verse 6, faith to a master seed. And the Lord said, if ye have faith of a grain of a master seed, you might say unto the second tree, uh, second tree, be thou plugged out by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and that you obey, and you obey. That word obedience is so powerful here. Because if you think uh, the word obedience to something literal, and we don't think this way, it is not in our vocabulary. It's not in our imagination most of the time. And if you use this type of imagination, people will call you crazy. But it's when you walk by faith, it is so powerful. And, and you'll know when I share with you something that the Lord reminded me, uh, what would happen if we will walk by faith? What, what will be the outcome of it? And it's what the Lord was reminding me of early this morning. The outcome of walking by faith. This is an outcome. And the life of those brothers and sisters that walk by faith, and God challenges us. God challenged you and I to walk by faith and not by sight. But it's so powerful when you can see the mighty power of faith, the mighty power of God, and the mighty power of those who believe. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God is so awesome. He is such a hallelujah. And one of the things that Jesus said that all, all things will be possible to those that walk by faith. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. They will be possible. Why? Because God will, hallelujah, will make it possible. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And he wants to make everything possible in our life. He knows that we cannot, hallelujah, make it possible. Hallelujah. In Matthew uh, 19, uh, Rabbi Jesus, 
Praise the Lord. I apologize. I'm babysitting, and I'm also doing the program. Brothers and sisters, thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. In Matthew 19, verse 1, it says, It came to pass when Jesus had finished these sayings, he departed from Galilee and came into the region of Judea beyond the Jordan. A great multitude followed him, and he healed them there. Praise the Lord. The Pharisee also came unto him, testing him, saying unto him, It is lawful for a man to put away his wife for, for every cause. Every cause. And he answered and said unto them, Ye have how he not read that he made them at the beginning, made them male and female. And he said, Cause your men leave his father and, and should cleave unto his wife, and that you should be one flesh. Verse 6. Therefore, they are no more to, Rabbi Jesus teaching them. They're no more to, he says, but one flesh. Well, therefore, God has joined together. Let no man put a shirt and let no man separate. Hallelujah. Praise your Lord. This is impossible to a lot of people, but God can make this possible. And it can only be won by, by, by faith. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And then he continues saying, verse 11, five. He said unto them, All men cannot receive this saying, say they to whom it is given. <coughs> this is by faith, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. By faith. It is by faith that it's done. Thank you, Lord. And we, ha- we have to learn to walk and receive by faith. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, praise you, Lord. And God can make it possible through faith, by faith. He can do all things. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mark 9, 23, Jesus said unto him, And thou can believe all things are possible to him that believeth. This is what the Lord was working with me about, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. All things are possible. Hallelujah. And then he says in Mark 10, 27, and Jesus looking upon them said, with man it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Again, all things are possible to them that believe. And with God all things, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. With God all things are possible. Now let me, let me go on to share the testimony. This sister... Praise you, Lord. You know how on a lot of the internet, they tell people, a family member from another nation left you $2 million, a million dollars, $500,000, $200,000. Praise the Lord. To a lot of people, that is a joke. And a lot of people say, I will not fall into that. I will not fall into that. Praise the Lord. And, and Hallelujah. A lot of people say, no, oh, no, they, they won't trick me into that. I know that's a lie. They're trying to fish who's going to fall into that. There was a sister that believed God had provided this money to someone who told her this. Praise the Lord. But she believed by faith. And she prayed. She saw God about it. You know, and the Lord was reminding me how powerful faith, faith is. 
that if you believe, hallelujah, even though the other person is lying to you and deceiving you, you can still receive by faith. And this young sister, she sought the Lord about this. But the Lord would make it possible for her. Praise the Lord. The promise was made that she was going to receive this money. And she immediately began to seek the Lord about it, brothers and sisters. And, and if she would have told a lot of people, hallelujah, if she would have told a lot of people, people would have said, oh, sister, that's a scam. Don't believe that. They're lying to you. Uh, people ignore the power of faith. People ignore that a woman of God, a man of God who works by faith, it don't matter who's lying to them, God will make it possible. Can he not use the mule to speak? Can he not make the stone worship him? Can he not open the windows of heaven? Thank you, Lord. And she believed and she stopped the Lord with all her heart about this promise. Praise the Lord. And it came the day that the money appeared. The money came. Praise the Lord. Now, if, if it's to you and I, we will say, no, that's a scam. Oh, but to a woman of faith, a man of faith, the Lord was reminding me early. I forgot about this for many years. But the Lord was reminding me how powerful it is to walk by faith. And the Lord said, did she not receive what was promised to her after she saw God about it? And I remember she did. I enjoyed some of that money. She gave me some of the money. She has such, she has such a convincing faith that she told me she was going to receive this money. And she did. Praise you, Lord. But if it's to you and I that we receive an email saying to us that someone, one of your loved ones have died, have left you all this money, the first thing we say is scam. Because we don't believe in God this way. We've been living in the world too long, praise the Lord, to know what is, what is a scam. But we have not been walking too long by faith to know that God, all things are possible. And if someone will promise us even that, God will make it happen to us, brothers and sisters. And, you know, when I thought about it, I thought it was funny, but it was real. It happened. Praise the Lord, it happened. Thank you, Lord. But you see, we usually walk in the natural and think in the natural. And we, we can discern when someone is trying to lie to us or trying to deceive us. And immediately we say, well, I'm not going to believe that. That's not of God, we say. Praise the Lord. Someone is trying to deceive me or take my money for it. She did not think this way. She was already thanking God for the promise. And she was claiming this in prayer. Why did God honor the promise? What God honored was her faith. Is what the Lord was reminding me. Didn't I honor her faith? That she was going to receive it by faith? Praise the Lord. Our faith is in God, brothers and sisters. And we forget this so many times. When, when the Bible says that all things are possible 
Hallelujah. When the Bible said all things are possible to them that believe, God is challenging us to walk and live by faith and to know that it may seem impossible in the natural, but if we believe God no matter what and we claim it and we proclaim it and we declare it, hallelujah, we can receive it. God can give it to us. God can make it possible to us. He made it possible to her, the Lord reminded me. Then and I made it possible for her. I'm like, yes, you did. Praise the Lord. She gave me, I think it was over $10,000 out of that, of the money she received. Praise the Lord. At one time, she gave me $4,000. And I remember, this this was uh, over 15 years ago, 16 years now. Praise the Lord. But I, I remember what happened. Praise the Lord. And what I can tell you is, brothers and sisters, that to a man of faith, a woman of faith, who believe God and claim God's promises, they are going to receive by, by faith. Praise you, Lord, because God is going to make it possible for them. And God is challenging you and I to walk by faith and believe him that all things are possible. Mark 10, 27, Jesus said, looking upon them, said, with men it is impossible, but with God, for with God, all things are possible. What are we telling God that is impossible in our life? What are you telling God that God cannot do in your life? What? What is in your mindset? What is in your, outgro- in your outgrowing mentality, teaching, community, church teaching? What has hindered your faith? What's in your church teaching? What's in your Sunday teaching? What's in your school, your high school, your grammar school, your college? Is your college degree hindering your faith? You need to find out what's been hindering your faith. What did someone say to you? Praise God. What did someone say to you growing up that your faith has been hindered by it? That you cannot believe that all things are possible with God. Because if the devil did something like this, you need to repent. You need to come to the cross and say, Lord, I'm sorry. For letting someone hinder my belief in you. For letting someone hinder my faith in you, oh Lord. Because with God, because with God, all things are possible. Hallelujah. With men, it is impossible. Someone maybe told you something growing up. The devil must have used someone, could have been an uncle, could have been someone far away from God, came to your life and said, Look, you can only. Receive this, or you can only pray for this, or you can only see this happen. But forget about those the other things some people say. That is not of God, brothers and sisters. That teaching is not of God. I rebuke that teaching. And Jesus, may Lord, whatever was said to me growing up, I repent, Lord Jesus. Lord, what is listening to me tonight, Lord, is that they will use someone to say something that is hindering their faith today, Lord. Reveal yourself to them, Lord. Lord, show them the error of their way. Show them what has been hindered in their faith, Lord Jesus. I praise you, Lord. I talk to Christian people all the time. And there are things people said to me that sometimes I just want to laugh about it. 
And it's not because I want to make fun of them. I don't want to do that. I don't want to make fun of people. But it's because what things I used to believe at one time, and the Lord opened my eyes for me to see and for me to believe that those are nonsense of man, story of man, lies of man. Praise the Lord. That hinders our walk because if we do not believe God, praise you, Lord, the mountain is not going to be thrown into the sea. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. I think people claiming healing that they have received that you're like, what? No one told me this was possible. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. I remember a brother that we used to go do ministry. There was a brother that had AIDS, HIV positive. And back then, HIV was killing millions around the world. I never heard a miracle about HIV. And this brother laid hand on this other brother, and he claimed healing. He said, let's pray for this brother that have HIV. That day, I was not there in the service. We used to do service almost every day together, every week, just to say it. And brothers and sisters, that day I was not in that service, and he was preaching. And he laid hand on this man that had HIV. And he commanded HIV to be removed out of his body. He commanded healing over HIV, over this man's body. And when this man went to the doctor again to check, he was found that he, had, he did not have HIV anymore. And he checked him three times, and it was confirmed. Praise God, that he did not have HIV anymore. God, that's a miracle. And to me, that was the first time back then in the 90s that I ever heard HIV being healed, being cured by the power of God. He believed that God can do it. Praise the Lord. And he said, brother, wait until you hear about what happened in the service. Praise the Lord. I could have been there, but I was, I was asked to preach in the church that day. Praise you, Lord. When God was doing healing in the church, God was doing healing in the prison that night. Praise you, Lord. He claimed healing over this man that had HIV and God killed him completely. No sign of HIV anymore. And he had paperwork that he was positive before. And now he had paperwork that he was healed. He did not have HIV anymore. Praise you, Lord. And I thought that is a powerful miracle. That is truly believing that everything is possible with God. Because it was not a cure. It's not like after the 2000s that they got this vaccine now that they can prolong people's life. Now back then, there was no vaccine. People in New York, all over the world, were dying with HIV. And this man laid hand on this man, commanded HIV to leave and him to be healed. And he was healed that hour. He was healed that moment. He prayed for that man. Thank you, Lord. The man went to the doctor the next day. And he did not have a shy beat. Praise you, Lord. All glory, all glory be unto Jesus. Brothers and sisters, hallelujah. To them that believe all things are possible. Because what God all things are possible. And we need to walk by that faith. We need to walk by that faith. We need to believe God. We need to believe the Lord. We need to believe that God can do it. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I remember in New Jersey, when, when that storm started giving me pain in the hotel, I, I immediately began to pray. And that, that, that felt like a stone to me. And I, and I began to pray and proclaim that that stone would come out, come out of my body. 
Yes, I was in so much pain that I went to the hospital. Praise you, Lord. But there was nothing the doctor did to me to bring that stone down. It was by faith that I came out. A dear sister, a dear sister Amy, I write to her and I let her know. Praise you, Lord. Actually, one of my brother let her know. Praise you, Lord. And she prayed. And in that, that nine, I felt the stone being removed by the power of God. It would just be a move. I can feel the power of God. Hallelujah. Moving the stone out, out of me. Praise the Lord. I never had such a experience in my life. I feel the power of God uh, putting a new heart, uh, putting a new, put, put a new liver, lungs. I feel the power of God do these things, brothers and sisters. Just to remove a stone under the power of God, that, that, that was incredible to me. That was something new. New organs between the power of God put on people, which is more important than removing the stone. But we always have to be open by faith to believe God that all things are possible with God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. And I always have to remind people when, they, when, when someone tells me, oh, I have this, oh, I have that. Believe, I say, that you are healed. But claim your healing. Before you say, I am sick, say, I am healed. Before you confess that you are sick, confess that you are healed. And watch what happens. Watch what happens. The spoken word by faith is, thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. But don't leave it there. Don't stay at that level. Claim fasting. Proclaim prayer. I was in prayer all that night, all night long, because I believed. God could heal me. Praise the Lord. Sometimes it might take a whole night, a whole day, or a whole week. Sometimes it takes 10 minutes or half an hour for me to receive my healing. But I continue to seek for my healing. I don't give up until I get it. And that's how the Lord, that's faith. That's how the Lord wants us to walk by faith. Sometimes it happens to you and all of us. We're not walking at the same level of faith. Brothers and sisters, it happens to us. This time, we're not walking at that level of faith. But we always have to remember to pray. Pray without ceasing. God is faith. God takes faith to pray every time you can. Praise your Lord. To proclaim. Proclaim. Praise your Lord. Praise your Lord. Praise your Lord. It is so important this afternoon before I came here on the microphone. I, I saw this allergy coming on me. My nose was running. Huh. What a funny way to say it. Had a running nose. All of a sudden, I don't know, I started sweating. And I'm, what is this? And I began to rebuke it. I said, Lord, by your strife, Lord, by your wound, I am healed. Praise you, Lord. <laughs> oh, and I feel so bad now. Thank you, Lord. But you see, if I, if I sit back and I don't say anything, I don't proclaim anything, would I see any result, brothers and sisters? It is a spoken word of God in our life that the Lord makes it happen. Thank you, Lord. That's what happens. We need to learn to pray. We need to learn to lay hands. We need to learn to rebuke in Jesus' name. We need to learn to put in practice the word of God, 
When you say, Lord, by your spirit, by your word are healed, you don't know how powerful that is. First thought that came out of my mouth came out kind of lame, some people say. Thank you, Lord. But I continue to proclaim it in the name of the Lord. A few minutes after, what happened? It's gone away. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. It is just so important to believe. And I understand no, no one is, not everyone is at that level yet because it takes practice. You see, I've been practicing for over 20 years. Praise you, Lord. So the Lord's been doing it for over 20 years of my life. But everyone that is around me, it don't matter if it's my wife or whoever it is, I always teach them. I always share with them. I always encourage them to proclaim their healing. Before you even ask someone to pray for you, proclaim your own healing. Because a lot of people like it to want other people to pray for them. Learn to proclaim your own healing before you ask anyone to pray for you. Don't, don't, don't sit on other people's faith. Because that's what a lot of people do today. They know someone can pray and God, God can do a miracle, God can do things, and immediately they run to that other person. Don't do that, brothers and sisters. Don't do that. Learn to proclaim your own healing. Learn to claim it. Okay, there's time when you're in severe pain that you're going to have to ask someone to pray for you. That's okay. Praise your Lord. That's okay for you to send someone an email or a test. Hey, hey, pray for me. I'm, I'm in severe pain. Praise your Lord. And it happens. When I was in that, in, that, in that room in that hotel and I was walking back and forth and I'm proclaiming my healing, praise your Lord. I can hardly pray because of the pain. Praise you, Lord. For Sister Amy praying, and there was a few people praying, and God did it. Thank you, Lord. And I knew, I knew, praise you, Lord, that they were praying because I, I could feel the anointing, and my faith was being strength. I was receiving strength from the Lord. Praise you, God. And so we need one another. I'm not saying to you to be a lonely ranger. What I'm saying to you is to learn to trust in the Lord. Learn to proclaim his word, and God will never fail you ever, brothers and sisters. He will never fail you. He will make it possible. Now, brothers and sisters, this is what I want to say. Last night, uh, uh, Wings of Prophecy, someone sent me a, a, a message from Wings of Prophecy. Praise you, Lord. Uh, let me see if I can, hallelujah, if I can find a website. There was a word she put out. I believe it was yesterday, someone emailed me the word, and the word, thank you, Jesus, praise you, God. This is, this is what the word says, I just found it. The time of my wrath, the time of my judgment, in other words. Thank you, Lord. A lot of people don't agree that wrath means judgment. Thank you, Lord. They say, no, 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 that's not what it means. Praise you, Lord. The time of my wrath is upon the earth quickly approaching. The Lord says to dear sister. My children should not be subjected to my wrath, to my son's precious blood, born this for them. Praise you, Lord. But war war to those who dwell on the earth, who, who know not me, not in that time. For every single day should be very grievous for them. They will indeed seek the dead and find them out. For since they rejected my, my mercy through the cross, they should find, find it not in, the, in other places. There should be a long 
and agonizing for men, for the terror that should never end. It sounds like tribulation for sure. Or that the lost soul will find me now, while there is yet time for them to repent. The door soon closes upon the well, and then shall no more repent be given. Oh, boy, this is tribulation, definitely. Your time left on the earth is not long now, children. Redeem the time. Do my work on the earth now, and know that all you see shall soon pass away. That is so true. Praise Lord. God have mercy. Let me tell you about this word. Uh, last night, as I could not sleep, and I knew the Lord wanted me to pray all night long, uh, praise the Lord. It was difficult. I did get him up at 3 in the morning. Praise the Lord, and I would pray. I was on and on, on and off. Praise the Lord. It is difficult to pray all night long without getting any rest. Praise the Lord. And so I was, I was in prayer at 7 o'clock in the morning. Praise the Lord. I, I had asked the Lord to confirm to me this word. Praise the Lord. And um, this morning, I, I finished doing some repentance, some important repentance. Brothers and sisters, when you're doing repentance, ask the Lord to show you or to tell you what else you need to repent in your life. A lot of people don't do this and don't know how to do this. And so when you are praying, also ask the Lord to show you something else. Is there something else in your life that you need to repent? That God wants you to repent. It's very important that the Lord shows you or tells you or reveals to you uh, what else you need to repent in your life, brothers and sisters. And he, he will not fail to show you. He will not fail to show you what else. Amen. So please, my brothers and sisters, ask the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. It's very important you do. So I, you know, the Lord then showed me what else to do. with two, two significant things the Lord wanted me to repent about. And I went and I did it. Praise you, Lord. I was watching this television program, and there was a commercial that went by where uh, there were females that were not dressed as they should. And I needed to repent for that, brothers and sisters. And that's very important. I have forgotten about that. There are things that go by that you say, okay, you see it. Praise the Lord. Or you may look away quickly. Praise the Lord. But if you saw some of it, you're already sinning your heart. Praise and that's nudity. Don't matter if she has some clothing on. Still nudity, brothers and sisters. You need to repent that fornication, adultery, nudity, witchcraft, and sorcery, and black magic. Those things you need to repent. Praise the Lord when you see something like that, because it is, it is sorcery, it is black magic too. A lot of people don't know this. Very important. And so there were two things the Lord had me repent after that. And I was wondering what it was, and the Lord revealed to me what it was. I thought, okay. Begin to repent. Praise the Lord. And the Lord began to fill my life with his presence. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. To the Lord, a year, uh, a day is like a thousand years, and a year like a thousand. Uh, 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 he, yes, that, that is powerful. That is so true. Amen. And so, brothers and sisters, uh, the Lord began to took me in the spirit to New York, New Jersey. And in New Jersey at this time, I knew because of the news, television knew that 
the earthquake in California have devastated the state. And with the news, everyone was very wary and concerned in New Jersey. I don't know for two or three days that have passed. Uh, the helicopter, the FEMA, all the emergency, were trying to get bodies from, from under the house in California. So much dead people. And it was all over the news. And every time they were able to get bodies under the house, people alive still, very alive. You can see it on the news and people were clapping and, and oh, look, they just found another body of a child, a woman, under the building that came on them. That was the news. And at this time, I'm in one of the buildings that I know where I grew up in Union City. Order to start, and a few days after, the earthquake began to shake. Brothers and sisters, New Jersey. When I looked at my phone, when I looked at my phone, brothers and sisters, because it, I have that, that, uh, that EGN, I believe it is, where it tells you about the earthquake, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. I have, I, I am, I, USGS, is the word correctly? The USGS. I, I am signed to them. Anyone can do it. And they keep you informed of any earthquake right in the moment that it happens. I received a test from, from USGS that a 8.8 earthquake, 8.8 earthquake had just hit New Jersey. I'm there while the earthquake is shaking New Jersey severely. The, the, the building that I know around Maine, Union City, Burger Line Avenue, I don't know who's familiar with it. It's such a long avenue. And so many buildings left and right, up and down. And all those buildings were severely damaged. And when I tell you severely damaged, some of the buildings have come on top of people. And praise the Lord. So, some other news were saying that the earth was 8.9, other 8.7. But my phone says it was an 8.8 from USGS. They said it was an 8.8. And while I'm looking at my phone, and I, in my building is severely damaged, I, I'm able to get out. And I'm looking for my sons, and I made sure they were safe. Then I said, stay here with my brother, and I went out, see if I could help anyone else. And there was a building that came up on top of people. And uh, people, as we were there, half an hour into there was a woman that came down from our, from our state down who said that the upstate was practically completely damaged. And every, she had to leave her car for two or three miles away because a lot of the signs of the street had come down, a lot of the building had come down on the main, main avenue, and she could not drive through it. She tried going to a different street. There was so much stuff in the middle, so much damage that... There was not a single street, street that you could drive through because of all the damage she's, the woman was saying to us. And I'm looking up, up down and up on the, on the avenue, Borderline Avenue. Praise the Lord. And it was, it was really, it was really bad. It, it was really, I could see a building on the floor, 
houses that was in the sold-out shape. Uh, half, somewhere half of the building had caved in. It was horrible. It, it, it was. The Lord reminded me, because I asked the Lord, if this word, if this is going to really happen that soon, praise the Lord, where are we with this? He was letting me know, hallelujah, that this earthquake, this earthquake, once it begins in California, once it begins in California, the Lord has spoken to me directly about this. Once the earthquake in California goes, the rest of the nation will suffer earthquake almost every day. Uh, I believe I was speaking more probably here. I believe that uh, we know that the earth has shifted. The earth has shifted, has moved out of the base. And it's, go- and it's going to shift again. And all the earthquakes are going to shift back to the U.S. Brothers and sisters. Right now, it's shifted. Uh, Chile just had a 6.8 a few days ago. And there's a lot of earthquakes happening in the Solomon Islands. The earth is shifted right now. But it's going to shift again. And all the earthquakes, brothers and sisters, that is happening over there are going to be major. When it shifts again, it's going to all turn to the United States, to all this land where we are, brothers and sisters. And all this is going to happen soon. The Lord has been whining about this earthquake. The beginning of all this, the Lord reminded me last night, this morning, is um, the earthquake in California. Okay? And these earthquakes are going to go all the way to Canada. Canada will get shaken really bad, too. Ontario, Canada will be shaken. Buildings in Canada are going to be damaged, too. Maine, Maine, answer too. All, all over the country, all, all over this nation. It, it's going to really be bad. It's going to be really be bad, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. And I'll be back. My son's asking me some cartoon now. Let, let me put some music and then praise God. Continue. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Right after this, brothers and sisters. Praise you, Lord. <laughs> Baby city. And I'm also preaching. Thank you, Lord. God is awesome. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. So, yes, brothers and sisters, all this judgment is so close to come. Praise you, Lord. I just I just want the Lord to allow us to really uh, be able to accomplish uh, some of the plan that I have that the Lord had, had approved, that he had confirmed to me, that he would allow me before the judgment happened, brothers and sisters. But I tell you something, the judgment is close. It is very close judgment, and all it was all this word of winter prophecy, brothers and sisters. Again, the time of the wrap is inside of this message that she put out. The time of my wrap is upon the earth quickly approaching, she said. My children should not be suggested to my wrap, for my son's precious blood. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, precious blood have borne this for them. Uh, but while wars to those who dwell on the earth, those who, who not know me now in, in that time, for every single day shall be a very grievous for them. They will indeed sit dead and find them not. For since they reject the mercy through the cross, they shall find them, find them not in, the, in, in other places. There should be a long and other nice employment full of terror that shall never end. All that the lost soul will find me now, but it's still yet time for them for them to repent. The, the door soon closes upon the world, and then shall no more re- repent to be given. Oh, God, God have mercy. Your time left on the earth is not long now, children. Redeem the time. Do my word on the earth, and, and know that all you see shall soon pass away. And that is so true. And then Second uh, Peter 3a, Beloved, be not ignorant of the, of the things that one day when the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years, that's one day. Let you give Revelation 6, 6, 16, 17, and 30. For the mountain and rock fall upon us and hide us from the face of him that set it upon the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For that great day of his wrath is come. Who shall be able to stand in the Revelation 96 in those days? Shall men seek that? and should not find it, and should desire to die, and there shall flee from them. Amen. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that they were already winning with him into the marriage, and the door was shut. Second Peter 3, 13, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heaven and new earth, where and dwell the righteousness. Righteous. Praise the Lord. So, I saw people in the street say, what are we going to do now? The nation is, is, is really in a, in a bad shape. Where can we go? And I remember the Lord in another revelation showed me people from New Jersey, from the north, coming down to North Carolina. They had a bag and children on their, on their neck in, in a bag, a book bag on, 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 them, on their back. Uh, coming this way on the, on the main highway. I believe it's 81 or 82, I can remember right now. Uh, but brothers and sisters, it's going to be very bad. I tell you now, the only hope we have, the only mercy, the only grace, his name is Jesus Christ. We need to hang on to Jesus. God has given us his mercy, his love, and his grace. Hallelujah, in his blood, in his name of Jesus Christ. We need to hold on to Jesus more than ever. 
brothers and sisters, because he's the only ark that is going to keep us protected in these last days. Jesus Christ is the only ark, brothers and sisters. There is no, no other protection for anyone. The Lord Jesus is the only hope. And we need to hold on to the Lord for everything we have. Praise the Lord. He's the only one that can deliver us because all the evil is coming. And it will not delay too much. God in his mercy that is Jesus Christ has been delaying these things, brothers and sisters. He's been delaying all these things. But he is not going to delay this much too longer. Uh-uh. The time for these words to be fulfilled, I remember when, when people were criticizing me heavily. I went to the Lord and prayed, and Jesus took me in the spirit and showed me what is going to come. Jesus said to me, my son, very few are listening now to my message for you. But very soon, there will be thousands headed your way that will know that the word I have given through you, it is my word, he says to me. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. Another thing you showed me back in Massachusetts was that he must bring this judgment before we go home in the rapture. Or many of, of, his, of his sons and daughters will not repent. He showed me. The only way, those that are lukewarm, those that are backsliding, are going to begin to sincerely repent is when this judgment come upon them. The Lord showed this to me. And as I saw people repenting, and I, at this time when Jesus was showing it to me at that time, I, I can see people in the street underneath crying out to God, oh, God, forgive my sin. Please forgive me. I knew about this, but I, I, I turned look one, Lord. I turned away from you. I turned my face from you, Lord. I should have been going to church and seeking you, Lord. I should have been going to your house, Lord. I repent. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry. And people were crying out to the top of the lawn in the street by thousands of them. And then the Lord showed me the right should happen right after that. But if he's going to have to bring everyone underneath, it's the only way. God knows everyone's heart. He knows the people right now are hard to listen, hard to hearken to his word, his message, because everything is good. They got a good paying job. They got a lot of money in the bank. Everything is great. They got great health. Great health care, Obama's given them. They're not going to repent. Mm-mm. They're not going to repent right now. But when the Lord breaks all the things they trust in, all the idols they trust in, when he breaks all those idols down, that's when they're going to realize and say, oh, my goodness, hallelujah. Very few are listening is what the Lord said to me. Very few are listening to my message to you. But they will know it's true when they see it happen right before their eyes. And that's exactly what's going to happen. Exactly. He showed me. It's the only way they are going to get underneath and cry out. The Lord showed me. Because I saw people underneath crying out by multiple, by thousands of them, group by thousands I saw underneath, crying out to God right after the judgment came. But it's not going to happen before the judgment comes. He's calling the nation to repenting. Where is the repenting groups that we used to see before? That we saw in 2012, there were buildings full of people repenting in 2012. Where is it now? Hallelujah. But when they see the judgment come, they will be reminded 
hallelujah, severely, that God, God cannot be marked. The word of God is very clear. God cannot be marked, and that's what they're doing now. And God is going to bring them on their knees to them, for them to realize that what God is saying is true, and his word is going to come to pass. Praise you, Lord. And time is running out. They think that because God has prolonged this, God has delayed this by his mercy and grace, that they, God is not going to do it. That's what they thought. It's what they've been saying. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. But that's, that's not the case. He's been doing it by his mercy and grace, but he's going to make this happen. He's going to bring it. A lot of people say, oh, this is going to come in the tribulation. No, the bride of Christ will see. Because the bride of Christ, how they're going to get right with God if they don't see this come? They're not going to get right with the Lord as the Lord wants them to bring them home. Remember, the Lord has people in the list that he can lose one of them that the Father give them. He cannot lose one. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that the Father has given him. And if God trusted, trusted these people to him, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. He's not going to lose one and say his word, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. I'm looking it up right now. Thank you, Jesus. I believe it's in John 5, hallelujah. He's not going to lose one that the Father has given him. Thank you, Lord, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. There, there's one promise Jesus said here in John 17, 21, is that they all may be one as thou, Father, in, are in me, and I in thee, that they also be one in us. Hallelujah. That the world believe that thou hast sent me. And we have not gotten to that level of being one yet. People, with, with, there's still a lot of criticism and people coming against each other. We have, we're still not one, as the Lord, as, as this word says. The Lord will bring us to one. Oh, he, when he brings us on, on, the, on our knees, hallelujah, then we will be one. Thank you, Lord. He won't make this happen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Because he knows everyone's heart. And, and unless he brings this judgment, he told me himself, they are not going to, to really uh, come to repentance. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. I'm, I'm looking for that word. Hallelujah. That he may not lose one that the Father has given them. If someone can find it before me. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead and post it in the shot room. Thank you, Jesus. He's not going to lose one. So on the list the Lord Jesus Christ has, he is not going to lose one of those that the Father has given him because the Father entrusted us unto his hand. So that's why he's working in our lives to get us to be ready. And we, we have to really cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, help me to be ready, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. We need to cry out. We need to repent. We need to do our own part, our own repentance. We need to do our own repentance. And not just leave everything unto God, because that's what a lot of people do. They leave everything unto God. The Lord can do all things. The one thing he will not do for you and that's repent for you. You need to repent for yourself, brothers and sisters. There are things he wants you and I to do. He wants you and I to repent daily. 
pray to him and seek him daily. Come to him daily. It's our responsibility. Thank you, Lord. He wants to meet us halfway, though, when we come to him. He will help us. He will meet us. He will be there for us. But we have the responsibility to come to him. We have the responsibility to repent. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. Because that's what a lot of people also do. They don't repent. They leave it out to the Lord. And God wants them to repent. Because that's why he tells us in his word to repent. That we need to be obedient to his word. And do what he's telling us to do, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. Because when we do it is when we are obedient. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. It is so important we are obedient. Hallelujah. It is better than sacrifice. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. John 14, 2 says, In my Father's house are many mansions, and it would not so. I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Why would the Lord go prepare a place for you and I? Wouldn't that mean he's expecting us to come to that place? If he goes to heaven and prepare a mansion for you and I, other translations say a mansion. If he goes to heaven to prepare a mansion for you and I, thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you for that word. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose not one of those who he has given me, but raise them at the last day. There you go. You see how prophetic that word is? We are supposed to be raised by Jesus in the rapture in the last day. But we are in the list that the Father giving him. The Father gave us to him. And he's going to be responsible to bring us to the Father. But we have to be willing, brothers and sisters. Now, he go and prepare a, a mansion for you and I. Praise the Lord. Why will he go and prepare a mansion? Because he wants us to come to that mansion. That's why he wants us to be close to him. He's in heaven. He wants us to come to heaven. Thank you, Lord. Verse 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you will also be. Yeah, you may also be. Very important that we understand this is a rapture. He's talking about he will come again. He will come again. Thank you, Lord. Wait until I share Genesis chapter 30. Tomorrow night, if I'm able, I want to come out and share Genesis uh, 30. Watch what the Lord has shown me there in Genesis 30. You'll, you'll be, wow, incredible. The rapture is there. The bride of Christ is there. Israel is there. It's all there. Right for the end of the day, brothers and sisters. Right for the end of the day. It's all there in Genesis 30. This other chapter I also gave, I believe it was Genesis 31. But in Genesis 30, tomorrow night, I want to show you uh, special things the Lord has shown me there. As I was studying that word there, I thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm still to know, brother, because uh, also the Lord showed me the, th- the three days of darkness, and then we our body was glorified. And so uh, the timing, when, when would the Lord do these things? We know that the judgment is close, and the Lord also has shown me that the judgment will awaken the bride, will awaken those sleepers, those sleeping, 
And then once we all get into repentance and see a repentance, crying out to God, then I, then I believe the three days of darkness comes. Because judgment is not going to stop. The Lord showed me this back in Massachusetts, I remember. The judgment is not going to stop. Every day that we're here after the earthquake begins in America, it will continue. It will continue. It's not going to stop. So we're going to be taken up in the middle of judgment, practically. It will not be so severe like in the great tribulation. But this beginning of pain, huh? if, if, if you think we have been in pain so far, think so. A lot of people think, oh, this is, this is the beginning of pain. Uh, no, this is not the beginning of pain that the Lord has shown me for many years and shown many other people for many years. This is not the beginning of pain that where we are right now. I'm not in pain right now. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. The beginning of pain is when this judgment begins. Praise you, Lord. That's what the beginning of pain. Because the, the earth will be shaking severely like a drunken, says the prophet Isaiah, like a drunken. Praise you, Lord. The earth, the earth is going to be shaken. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. That's why the Lord wants us to focus on him. And, and in going home, we need to focus on Jesus and on going home. See, we're not appointed to rot. We're not appointed to rot, brothers and sisters. That's the whole idea, hallelujah. That we're not appointed to rot. So he wants to get us out of here, hallelujah, before the, the severe judgment comes. Praise the Lord. Before the tribulation begins. We will see the beginning of pain, and, and then he takes us out, buddy. He gets us out of here. Praise the Lord. And then, praise the Lord, the tribulation begins. And that, those are days, uh, uh, really bad days that are coming upon the earth, seven years of that tribulation. Praise the Lord. I, I don't want to be around. I don't want to be around the tribulation because it's going to be too bad. Brothers and sisters, hallelujah. It's going to be too bad. It's going, to, it's, it's going to be too much death going around. So many people dying. Praise you, Lord. I don't want to see that. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. My 417, but they had no root in themselves, and they so endure by our time. Afterward, when the affliction and persecution arrive for the word's sake, Immediately, they will be offended. Praise you, Lord. There are people that get offended that have no root in the Lord, in the Word of God. And when persecution comes, they get offended, they walk away. God don't want us to walk away. Jesus don't want us to walk away from him. Hallelujah. He don't want us to walk away from him, but there will be many that will. Because people, uh, a lot of people cannot endure pain and suffering. They want to run away, and God don't want us to run away. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Don't run away. Just ask the Lord, hallelujah, to help you. Just ask him to help you. But don't run away. Praise you, Lord, because the Lord can help us to overcome every, anything that we might have to go through. We need to cry out to the Lord. Praise the Lord. And, and proclaim his promises. Just proclaim his promises. He will not fail to keep us. He will not fail to protect us 
He will not fail to deliver us, brothers and sisters. He will not fail. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Because tribulation will come. Persecution will come. Thank you, Jesus. Praise to God. They will come. We will see persecution in the United States. Some people already have seen the persecution. We know in the Middle East having persecution. Praise to God. The church in, in the book of Acts of persecution. The Bible said in Acts 8, 1, the soul was con- consenting upon, upon his dead, and at the time there was great persecution against the church, which in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered abroad through the region of Judea, Samaria, Great principle, hallelujah. It's coming. Thank you, Lord. We need to have root in the word of God. We need to be rooted in the word of God, says the Lord. In, hallelujah. In, in Matthew 13, 21, we need to be rooted. Are you rooted in the word of God? Hallelujah. Yeah, he ha- he ha- he's not rooted in himself, but endure for only a while. If you're not rooted in Christ, if you're not rooted in the word, when persecution comes, you run. You get shaken. You begin to backslide like the rest of the people. And persecution is going to come. Hallelujah. It's going to come. Hallelujah. The Bible said in Acts 11, 19, but those who have been scattered abroad upon persecution, those that arose the account of Stephen prevail as far as the Phenophia, Cyprus, and Tokyo, preaching the word, hallelujah, but unto the Jew only. That's a persecution when they kept preaching the word. Praise you, Lord. Persecution is going to come. I'm telling you right now. Praise you, Lord. It's not going to stop. It's going to continue. Hallelujah. Then Acts 13, 15 said, But the Jews stood after the devour in honor of women, and the chief men of the city, they raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and fell them out of the borders. Hallelujah. Praise God. But Paul says to the Romans in Romans 8, 35, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ, of tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Christ, you persecution, brothers and sisters. It's going to get worse. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Paul says to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 12, 12, 10, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmity, and reproaches, and privation, and persecutions, and distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, dead, is for I am strong. Persecution is what's going to make the faith a lot of people soon. Very strong. You know, it seemed the opposite, but it's going to make the faith of a lot of faithful stronger. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. That is so awesome. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Second Thessalonians 1 4. So that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith and all the persecution and tribulation that ye may endure. That is the hope of Christ for you and I, the bride of Christ. That no matter what comes, no matter how persecuted we are through all this judgment, uh, 
martial law, international martial law, or national martial law, all over all the state because of all the earthquakes, people looting and all that, that we will endure in what the Lord wants. Because a lot of souls will be saved, will come to you and I, brothers and sisters, what the Lord has said. Second Timothy 11, persecution of Christians, we came unto me in Antioquia. After the Ukraine of Lystra, what persecution I endured, but out of them, oh, the Lord delivered me, says, says Paul. Hallelujah. And that's what the Lord is going to do with you and I. He's going to deliver us. So whatever comes against us, Jesus is going to be there for us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Then Second Timothy uh, 3.12, yay, and all who will live a godly life in Christ, Jesus shall suffer persecution. And so in other words, he said, this is normal. I, I went through it. So when you go through it, it's, it's okay. If you're going to live a, lot, a godly life, you're going to suffer persecution, he says. So it's okay. Just continue to trust the Lord. Grab on to Jesus. He will protect you. He will deliver you. He will be there for you. Thank you, Lord. So no matter what you see coming, hold on to Jesus. Hold on to the Lord. Do not be shaken. Do not be moved. But trust the Lord. Because the Lord will deliver him. The Lord, Bible says, the Lord knows how to deliver him. And we are his. And he is going to deliver us. When all these things come, thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. He is a Middle East prophet. The uh, uh, Middle East update on the prophecy, brothers and sisters. Before we jump into today's prophecy update, I wanted to take the opportunity to thank all of you, uh, both here in our online church all over the world, for your thoughtful and generous gifts, your kind words and cards uh, to me and my ohana. We were uh, most blessed, and for that I cannot thank you enough. So today's prophecy update is going to be the last one of the year, and I think you would agree that it's been quite a busy year on the calendar of Bible prophecy, if I can say it that way. The prophetic significance of all that happened in the last year is arguably the likes of which we haven't seen in recent memory, so much so that students and teachers of Bible prophecy would do well to seriously consider what may in fact be in store in the new year of 2016. If 2016 is going to be anything like 2015, we may want to fasten our seatbelts. I think we're in for a very, very rough ride. I'll take it a step further and say that if things continue to increase in their intensity in 2016, which I suspect that they will, then it's going to be a very interesting year, to say the least. I'm hoping you'll kindly allow me to quickly do a prophetic year in review of sorts. I do so with the hope of providing a New Year preview of what may be coming in the days and weeks and months ahead. January began with the horrific Islamic terrorist attack in France. This seems like old news now, doesn't it? When 12 people were 
butchered at Charlie Hebdo's Paris office. And the reason was that the satirical weekly newspaper had apparently insulted the Islamic prophet Muhammad in a humorous cartoon. It brought to mind a quote from the President of the United States, who is uh, just a stone's throw away, I guess, when he said, quote, The future does not belong to those who insult the prophet of Islam. Interesting. Sadly, several related attacks followed where there were five more people that were killed and 11 more wounded in the wake of this continued Islamic terrorism that was called anything but. That was January. In February, we watched the political drama unfold as a result of Netanyahu's invitation to speak to Congress here in the United States. Not only was Netanyahu shamefully snubbed yet again by Obama, but there was also a movement afoot led by Obama to defeat Netanyahu in Israel's upcoming elections. And if this weren't bad enough, it was taken to a whole new level with a threat from the president to the prime minister that he would, quote, pay a price. February and March brought the ISIS burning alive of a captured Jordanian pilot as well as the beheading of 21 Egyptian Christians. I'm not showing that image on the screen. None of us will ever forget it. Those Egyptian brothers in Christ there on the shores of southern Libya in their orange jumpsuits before they were demonically satanically beheaded by these demon-possessed Muslims. Nor will we ever forget the anti-Christian narrative that ensued and today has continued chiefly from the U.S. President and his administration. March brought us what I believe was the miraculous victory of Benjamin Netanyahu's re-election as the Prime Minister of Israel against all odds, really. Netanyahu's re-election in March would thankfully precede the nuclear framework deal with Iran, which took place on April 2nd. The handwriting was really on the wall at that point. Didn't come as any surprise when on April 13th, Russia lifted its ban on delivery of S-300 surface-to-air missile systems to Iran. Many Bible prophecy teachers, present company included, paid particular attention to a very well-known prophecy in Ezekiel 38, which is a prophecy about Russia and Iran, along with an alliance of nations 
launching a nuclear attack against Israel. And they are miraculously defeated by God himself, who alone stands with Israel when all nations have turned against Israel. This brought us to the beginning of May with the eerie similarities between what happened in Ferguson again happening in Baltimore, Maryland. And May also started the Supreme Court hearing of the same-sex marriage case which would ultimately become law in June of this year. May was also the month that 69 people from all over the world made a historic and prophetic trip to Israel for a study tour. Okay, that was us. That didn't make national news, but thought maybe some levity would be good. Actually, June was historic and prophetic when on Friday, June 26th, the U.S. Supreme Court legalized same-sex marriage. Jesus said this would happen. Did he not? He said that it would be like it was in the days of Noah and in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. So too would it be the same in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. You know, I... I almost reluctantly share this because I actually may talk more about this at a future update should the Lord lead me to. But, And I hope you don't misunderstand me when I say this. But in a sanctified way, I almost want this to happen. Now, before you stone me to death, <laughs> let me hasten to say the reason why. I'm almost glad that this is happening. The reason is, is because it means that my Jesus is coming soon. These things must come to pass that the end might come. When I see evil seemingly prevailing over righteousness in the world in ways that we could have never imagined. I think of Luke 21, 28, my favorite Bible passage in all of the Bible. Of course, all of the passages are my favorite, but this one particularly, where Jesus said, when you see these things begin, keyword begin to come to pass, Look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draws nigh. What things are we to look up when we see them beginning to come to pass? Oh, the prophecies that were foretold by the prophets of old as well as the prophecies in the New Testament from the Savior Himself who gave us a rather detailed description of what the world would look like at the time of the end. And he did that so that we would be ready and watching 
He says in John 14, 29, I tell you what's going to happen before it happens, so when you see it begin to happen, you will believe. We're seeing it begin to happen. Exactly as we were told it would. And it's happening in real time for those who have eyes to see. Yes, we were grieved. Oh, were we grieved. Heartbroken. And not necessarily for the reasons one might think. I think of those who are deceived and caught up in this sinful lifestyle. Who have been lied to and told that it's genetic and not moral. And that lie from the father of lies has the propensity to send them to hell for all eternity. Wow, pastor, that's really strong. Yeah, but doesn't it break your heart? This Supreme Court ruling was on the heels of something else that was both historic and prophetic. Namely, the signing of the Iran nuclear deal. After extending one deadline after another, a deal was finally reached on Tuesday, July 14th, which was and still is, I believe, a game changer. This, this changes everything. That brought us to August, which was a very interesting month, and for a number of reasons, not the least of which was the following month of September. More specifically, all of the events converging around an already high watch time, as it's referred to with the Feasts of Israel. And it was interesting when August ended with the world's currencies chief of which was the U.S. dollar beginning what many believe will ultimately lead to a global collapse. Well, Pastor, that's doom and gloom. Well, I mean, that's what my Bible says. Who can forget September? What an ominous month. I think at last count there were some 33 specific events of prophetic significance that have been listed as all converging in the month of September. And I knew in my heart that there was the potential for it to be very disheartening and very disappointing. And I know there were those who made September predictions. And I personally made a conscious effort to not get caught up in this whole September madness. But I do have to say that in September of this year, 
there were many things of prophetic significance that were set in motion. And I think that we will see some come to fruition in the upcoming new year. October came and went, and with it the Islamic terrorist attack, don't want to call it that, at Umqua Community College in which a total of nine Christians were martyred. This after the Muslim asked them, are you a Christian? And if they said yes, they were executed. That was actually on October 1st, if you might remember. And it ushered in a very interesting month, especially as things started to really heat up in Syria. On the heels of Putin coming here for the UN General Assembly in September and making nice with the U.S. Not only did it heat up in Syria, unprecedented terrorist attacks in what some dubbed the Third Intifada ramped up in Israel with demon-possessed Muslims wielding knives and butchering Jews. November began with Netanyahu exposing the Palestinian-Hitler connection with the continued days of rage, as they were called, against the Jews in full force. November was also the month that the Islamic propaganda gained traction, and it is Islamic propaganda in which they attempted to both rename and control the Temple Mount. November also brought us a stunning and devastating, and I mean stunning and devastating defeat of Canada's pro-Israel Prime Minister by a Muslim Prime Minister. Changed the whole complexion of Canada overnight. That brings us to the current month, December. We're about to bid farewell to. And with it, the unthinkable Islamic terrorist attack in San Bernardino, California. This after the Islamic State terrorist attacks in France, which took place only two weeks prior, much to the world's astonishment. And one has to wonder why. One has to wonder why. And by that I mean, are we surprised? My wife and I were in London, England in 1997. And from our hotel room to the palace and all of the sites that we were going to see, we walked by two Islamic mosques, not one church. Not one church. By the way, those famous beautiful church buildings in England are now mosques. There were bumper stickers. 1997! If my math is right, isn't that about 20 years ago? There were bumper stickers that said, London for Islam! That would be like seeing a bumper sticker that said, Kaneohe for Christ. England, 
France, Europe. Is it no wonder now that France, on the heels of a bloody year at the hands of Islam, is now waking up, I guess better late than never, would to God that the United States of America would wake up before it's too late. Keep in mind that this Islamic terrorism took place in concert. The, the backdrop with all of this was significant prophetic developments concerning Israel. Tremendous changes are taking place in Israel and it's fulfilling Bible prophecy. Time doesn't permit to talk about everything that happened in 2015. Example, how about the find of gas in the Golan? <laughs> oh, this after the natural gas find off the coast of Haifa, there in the Mediterranean Sea, a massive amount, so massive that Putin tried to make a deal with Netanyahu. And Netanyahu refused. And Putin was willing to throw Assad and Syria with him under the bus, so to speak, in order for a stake in Israel's find. And now, what they could not get by peaceful means, they will seek to get by way of Ezekiel 38 by force. It's all coming together. It's all coming together. Suffice it to say, if this is just some of what happened in 2015, then wouldn't it stand to reason <laughs> that 2016 could bring about even more, especially given the prophetic momentum from this year? I read a very sobering article. I, I'm not going to share it with you. Um, I think we'll find out. But they are making a prediction. And you know, I'm, I never make predictions. <laughs> and, and today is not a, any exception. I'm not going to make any predictions for 2016. I am going to share two observations concerning 2016. But there are some who are predicting the unthinkable. January 1st and 2nd and 3rd early on I guess we'll see but it has to do with the global economy weird things are happening yeah I mean have you ever it, it's almost humorous in a way I, I do get a chuckle out of it when I watch the so called experts pontificate about the upcoming presidential election saying things like, quote, I've never seen anything like this before. Who knows? Who knows? Two observations, and I'll bring it in for a landing. The first observation has to do with Syria. 
and the prophecy in Isaiah 17 concerning Damascus becoming a ruinous heap. I truly believe and still believe that we're on the cusp of this specific prophecy being fulfilled. One of the things my dad told me before he died was, keep your eyes on Syria. Keep your eyes on Syria. And this was 1993. That was a long time ago. Keep your eyes on Syria. Now I'm starting to understand why. Syria is a catalyst, if you please. I would encourage you to read Joel Rosenberg's blog. He titles it, Eerie Front Page New York Times Story Examines ISIS Prophecies About an apocalyptic showdown in Syrian town of Dabiq. He says, parenthetically, story looks ripped from the first hostage, my forthcoming novel about a showdown over Dabiq. Very good read. Both articles, Joel's blog and... And Rosenberg has an uncanny way of writing uh, novels, <laughs> fiction, that ends up bearing an eerie resemblance to reality. Uh, this whole apocalyptic showdown in the Syrian town of Dabiq is to establish the caliphate. This is what the Islamic State is all about. I don't know if you heard, it was breaking just this morning, actually yesterday, that al-Bakari has come out with about a 24-minute video in which he says, quote, Palestine, speaking of Israel, will become a graveyard for Jews and that attacks are coming. Now there's some speculation and even doubt as to how recent the video is because he makes no reference to San Bernardino, which he would have certainly wanted to take credit for. I have my own theory concerning San Bernardino. I think that these two Muslims jumped the gun, no pun intended. That they were just one of many cells of which there are cells in every state in the United States, even here in Hawaii, that are dormant and waiting for the green light. And this couple in San Bernardino did not wait for the green light. They snapped and they attacked. And that's interesting. You don't find that much weaponry in a home in America unless you plan to do much damage with it. But you have to understand that the reason that there are people joining the Islamic State is because they see the Islamic State's legitimacy when they capture more land to establish this caliphate. And the whole purpose of the Islamic State, the sole goal of the Islamic State is to wipe Israel off the map. That's why they call it, and that's why, by the way, and I know we've talked about it, 
that the president will only always refer to them as ISIL, which is the acronym for the Islamic State of Iraq and the Levant, the Levant being virtually identical to the original borders of the Promised Land. And every time anyone ever says ISIL, it is a smack in the face of the God of Israel. But this explains a lot. They're making gains. Yeah, they've taken a hit. But they're making gains. And they're capturing land in the so-called Levant to establish this caliphate. And as they do, it lends them legitimacy in the eyes of the Muslim world who will then subsequently submit in allegiance to the Islamic State as and because of that caliphate. But this makes a lot of sense. It explains a lot as to why Syria is such a catalyst. The second observation, lastly, concerning 2016 has to do with an article that an online viewer from Washington State had sent me. It's a Time Magazine article titled The Absence of Global Leadership Will Shape a Tumultuous 2016. Let me just quote a very interesting uh, part of this uh, article. Only a global emergency on a scale greater than anything we've yet seen can accomplish the bringing together of the entire world. Wow. It might be a war, a financial crisis, a public health threat, catastrophic terrorism, an environmental disaster, but the sort of crisis that forces a new level of global cooperation based on the world's true balance of power. When it finally comes, it will be the biggest story of our time. What? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Revelation. One world government one world religion, one world economy under the control of the Antichrist on the heels of something so grand in its scale, the likes of which mankind has never seen before, i.e. the rapture. And then according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, the subsequent revelation of the Antichrist. Again, the Antichrist cannot be revealed. He's already, I believe, alive and well on the scene, behind the scenes, just waiting. And by the way, dare I say that the quote-unquote powers to be no about the rapture. 
What do you mean? Think about it. These people are not stupid. Satan is very intelligent. And by the way, he knows the Bible better than you and I know the Bible. He knows Bible prophecy better than you and I know Bible prophecy. And once the church is taken out of the way, everything begins to happen. And the Antichrist cannot be revealed until the church is removed. And it will begin the last seven years of world history, the seven-year tribulation, when God, because the fullness of the Gentiles is complete, He will shift the entirety of His focus to His plan for His people, the Jewish people, which is the purpose of the tribulation for the salvation of the Jewish nation. The time of Jacob's trouble, the 70th week of Daniel. We're on the cusp. We're on the cusp. There is a huge vacuum waiting to be filled by this charismatic world leader who cannot take his place on the world scene until we are taken out of this world scene. How close are we? How close are we? Two verses of Scripture I think would be apropos. The first of which is First Chronicles 12, the first part of verse 32, where it describes the men of Issachar, of whom it was said, they understood the times and knew what Israel should do. Not only did they understand the times they were living in, they also understood and knew what they should do about the times they were living in. The Apostle Paul to the church in Rome, chapter 13, verses 11 and 12, says, this is what we're to do. Do this. Understanding the present time. That's a presupposition presupposing you understand the times in which you are living, the new year that you're about to step into, the last year that you're about to bid farewell to, when you truly understand that, presupposing that, this is what you're to do. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber. And here's why. Because. Our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So, let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. And we talked about this last week in the context of the Savior's birth. But it's always the darkest right before the light. It's always the darkest right before the light. And I think the world today is the darkest. And it means it's right before the light. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I implore you today to call upon Him. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, 
that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he rose from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10.13 says, All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. I hope you will. Why don't you all stand and we'll pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for telling us in your word what the world would be like before your return. Thank you for telling us what would happen before it happened so that when it happened, we would believe and look up and lift up our heads knowing our redemption draweth nigh. Even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Maranatha. In Jesus' name, amen. Covering. I'm Stephen Benoon. You're watching Israeli News Live. Very interesting things uh, we're going to be speaking about this evening. And uh, we have just got back in only a couple of hours ago from Austria there. So we're running a little bit behind uh, in trying to do the research that I've been wanting to do on this issue here uh, in regards to the document that, uh, that we have uh, shared with you yesterday, the Orthodox Rabbinic Statement on Christianity. Uh, December the 3rd, uh, 2015, that just came out, uh, that the rabbis, quite a few rabbis, I would say probably roughly around 30 rabbis, 14 rabbis on the first signatorial of this document here from Israel, and, uh, and a number uh, also from, uh, of course, many of them from all over the different parts of the world that have come on uh, board with the document to uh, to, to, make the, to make a oneness with the relationship between the Vatican and Israel. Uh, and, but the funny thing is, they're calling this, though, a, 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 recon, a reconciliation. Now, Brother Kellen Davison did the Reconciliation with Israel conference uh, back in September. And, uh, but yet, all the while, Brother Kellen's intentions, of course, are the purest and the best there to bring together the, the true Christians that stand with Israel, uh, not the Vatican thugs that are just really out there to uh, take over the country in the first place. 
And we're going to be doing much deeper research on this, along with all the rabbis that have actually signed on to this document. I did get a little bit of time to look into some of these rabbis. Very interesting indeed. And some other things that I've stumbled across along the way that are very shocking to say the least. In fact, the mere fact that right now we have Rabbi uh, Yosef, which is the taller of the gentleman on your screen there in the background, the shorter rabbi there uh, uh, with the kind of like a little turban hat on is Rabbi Lau, uh, who is of uh, the Sephardic community, Rabbi Yosef of the Ashkenazi. And this is way, the way that the British mandate before the creation of the state of Israel has set up the way the rabbinic uh, leadership would be in Israel. Now you might wonder, what do you mean they set it up, the British mandate? Well, if we go back, and, and we're looking into the historical side of all this right now, so it's very interesting to say the least, but we, we stumbled across a book here when we were searching different rabbis' names that have signed on to this agreement here. David, rabbi David Broadman was one of those rabbis there, and he was featured in a, in a very interesting book called The Catholic Church and the Jewish People, Recent Reflections from Rome. Uh, it's by Philip Cunningham and uh, Norbert uh, uh, Joans Lothman and Joseph Sievers. All these, th this is nothing but a Catholic book to begin with. But interesting, in the very page where it speaks about Rabbi David Broadman here, and of course they're speaking about how he's come together to help unify the the, uh, the church's relationship with Israel. In fact, all these rabbis have had some type of uh, influence in this in, in the past. And I've seen thus far, I've seen going back 10 years they've been working with the Vatican to establish these relationships. Well, no doubt, Shimon Perez started back in 1993 with Pope John Paul II. And, and it goes on and on and on and on. But in the book here, it states here, the chief rabbinate, as, as the highest authority, dates back to the Ottoman Empire. The chief rabbi, Sephardic, back then, functioned as the spokesperson for the Jewish community to the sultan. Wow, he actually had to answer to someone, didn't he? It's not, not much different today, especially since we find out the next part. Functioned as the spokesperson for the Jewish community to the sultan. The structure of the chief rabbinate made up of a council of two chief rabbis, really they should have put on there as of today, um, one Sephardic and one Ashkenazi was established under the British mandate before the founding of the state of Israel. You're kidding me. So, even Israel's religious order is being dictated by the British mandate. The League of Nations, we might say. The Vatican's first endeavor to unify the nations. Now, don't get anything wrong, friends. We do know biblical prophecy promised to return the house of Judah to their homeland. The, the, the Israel will go back to their homeland. There's no doubt about it. In fact, in Isaiah 2, which is the very vision that they are trying to marry right now, uh, let's just hit that before I go into Psalm here, the, the book of Psalms for you. We need to just, let's just, let's just start laying things down and putting things in order right from the beginning here. Isaiah chapter 2 here. What do we have here? This is the vision they're trying to marry. The world that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. And it shall come to pass in the end of days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as, as, as 
the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all the nations shall flow unto it. And many people shall go and say, come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God of Jacob. And he will teach us of his ways and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. This is the vision, my friends, that the lawless of Israel are trying to marry. Now, you that may be just joining this news broadcast for your first time, it is a prophetic broadcast tonight. When we say prophetic, that doesn't mean we are prophesying. We're only looking at the prophecies of the Bible and how they relate to current news events. And that current news event right now that we're talking about is none other than the document signed by the rabbis recently here, the Orthodox Rabbinic Statement on Christianity. And by the way, the Catholic Church has jumped on this and publicizing it everywhere. But let me just tell you something, friends. Uh, don't, don't, don't worry about this. The Catholic Church is the one that's been behind getting this all going to begin with. This, this is nothing new. They've known this for a long time. Time that this was coming. This was the original signatories of the rabbis on there. Rabbi Aaron's uh, Angel, Asil, Bigman, Bolgan, Broadman, uh, Lopez Cardoza, uh, Yehuda Gillen, Goshen, Greenberg, Raphael uh, Gudia, Korn, Landis, Lagnas, Lau, Libson. Now that's not Rabbi Lau that, was, that is the chief rabbi, Benjamin Lau. I don't know if this, they're related or what, whatever, but... Um, the chief rabbi of Finland, Livson, Lopten, Rishkin, Rosen, Rothenberg, Schistlinger, Surat, France, Sperber, Wolberg, and uh, Uter. Uh, these are the, the initial signatories, and I'll be taking you into other things a little bit later uh, as we go there. But as we were looking here, let me take you to Daniel chapter 11, and this is for those that are new to what's going on and maybe just joined us. Uh, and we are going to dig this out much deeper in the days coming, friends. Just bear with me. I'm hoping tomorrow evening to take you a lot deeper into this uh, to start with. Um, but anyway, uh, let's take, let's bring you down to, uh, this is in Daniel 11. And we're looking at verse 14. It is a prophecy. And especially the latter half of the verse here. Is what we want to look at. It says, In those times there shall many stand up against the king of the south. Also, the children of the violent among thy people shall lift themselves up to establish the vision, but they shall stumble. Now, literally, in Hebrew, it, it's worded a little different, but they, they worded it here so it would make sense to you. Uh, of course, you could, you could change the word violent for robbers. Lawless is really what it's saying in Hebrew. Uh, so it says, Also, the children of the violent are the children of the lawless. And, of course, the angel is speaking to Daniel. So he says, um, uh, uh, let's see, uh, among thy people, so the thy people is Daniel's people, so they are, they are Jews. Now, in Hebrew it says, Uvane porosi amcha, literally, this, and the sons of the lawless of your people, Daniel, the lawless ones. In other words, it don't, I don't care if they say they're keeping Torah. They're not keeping the true words of Almighty God. They're not keeping those Ten Commandments that God brought down to Israel. All right? But it says, the sons of the lawless ones, Inasu, 
they will try to marry they're going to try to marry the vision alright, what are they doing? they're trying to marry the vision they're trying to, the, the sons of the lawless they're wanting to bring God's word to pass that vision they're trying to marry is Isaiah chapter 2 I just showed you, they're trying to make it they're trying to make Jerusalem an international city where all the people of the nations are going to flow into there. Have they ever thought that maybe this might be a millennial reign issue that we're talking about and not something that will happen uh, in this life? No, they don't look at it like that. They believe that this is going to happen right now in the very near future and they're trying to bring together an international community in order to make it happen. That's why it says, but they shall stumble or they shall fall in Hebrew. See, this is what's going to happen. They're going to fall. They will not be successful because they're the lawless ones. Actually, God will raise up the two witnesses that will cause this whole vision to crumble in the first place. And this is really what's going to happen uh, out of this whole uh, charade that we're seeing right now there. So, at any rate there, though, let's drop back here real quick here. Just let you see these two um, uh, chief rabbis of Israel, they are united with the Pope of Rome there. And many rabbis, believe me, there's many rabbis in Israel that are not united with the Pope of Rome. They do not want idolatry. And I might say to those Jewish brothers and sisters that will be watching, as well as the Christians that are not united with Rome uh, this evening, that are not part of the Kenneth Copeland group, not part of the John Hagee group, uh, that have signed on with the Vatican, uh, let me let you, in fact, you know, I mentioned John Hagee, and, and, and I get every so often uh, people asking me, you know, Steve, I, you're saying John Hagee um, uh, is part uh, 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 with, with, with the Vatican? That uh, he's actually with them? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. All right? And people have asked me many times, I, I can't believe this is so. Well, Right here on the Catholic League for Religious and Civil Rights is Pastor Hagee's, Donahue Hagee's, his letter of apology. In a letter to Bill Donahue, excuse me, not Donahue, Pastor Hagee, in a letter to Bill Donahue, who is the head of the, uh, the Catholic League here, uh, Pastor Hagee writes this letter of apology. All right, all you have to do is click on it, and they actually have published John Hagee's letter, right here on May 12th of 2008. Catholic League for Civil and Religious Rights, attention Mr. William Donahue, President. Dear Mr. Donahue, insofar in as some of my past statements regarding the Roman Catholic Church have raised concerns in your community, I am writing in a spirit of mutual respect and reconciliation to clarify my views. Reconciliation? You see, this is what the rabbis are doing. See, first, the Pope also, not only was he establishing reconciliation with the Jewish rabbis, also with the Muslims, but he was working on the evangelicals as well. He didn't have too hard of a time with some of them. They were already part of Rome anyway, like, like Rick Warren, who really sucks up to the Pope more than anybody. But John Hagee has a huge ministry in Israel. So the Pope of Rome began to target those that have big evangelical ministries there in order to get them on his side there. It says, out of a desire to advance greater unity among Catholics and evangelicals and promoting the common good, I want to express my deep regret for any comments 
that Catholics have found hurtful after engaging in constructive dialogue with the Catholic friends and the leaders. I know I now, excuse me, I now have an improved understanding of the Catholic Church, its relationship to the Jewish faith, and the his, history of the of anti-Catholicism. Now, for those of you that may not be able to see John Hagee's letter very well, and believe me, I have had a lot of respect for Pastor Hagee and his stance over the years telling the truth about the Catholic Church. And it has been very disheartening for me to see that Pastor Hagee caved in under whether it be political pressure, whatever the case may be, but he, he caved in. And no doubt they had a lot over his head, to say the least there. But that's what I'm just reading, what you're seeing on your screen right now. He says, In my zeal to oppose anti-Semitism and bigotry in its ugliest forms, I have often emphasized the darkest chapters in the history of the Catholic and Protestant relationships with the Jews. In the process, I may have contributed to the mistaken impression that the anti-Jewish violence of the Crusades and the Inquisition defines the Catholic Church. It most certainly does not, he states. Likewise, I have not sufficiently expressed my deep appreciation for the efforts of the Catholics who opposed the persecution of the Jewish people. It is important to note that there were thousands of righteous Catholics, both clergy and laymen, who risked their lives to save Jews from the Holocaust, according to many scholars, including historian Martin Gilbert and Rabbi David Dolan. All right. Um, he goes on to say, Pope Pius XII personally intervened to save Jews. He only did that to save face. Because he backed Hitler all the way. But you, you can read the letter for yourself. And I need to post the letter myself somewhere so you guys can get a hold of this. But this is Pastor Hagee's own letter of apology to the Roman Catholic Church. They're bringing back in their daughters, back into Rome. For my Jewish brethren that may not understand that, that's over in the book of Revelation. You see, she is the mother of, uh, of harlots. And John Hagee knows that she is, the Catholic Church is, the great whore of Revelation. Yes, she is. And, uh, and I just pray that Pastor Hagee will come back to a sense one day and straighten this all out and get back on the right path. God bless him for the sins he took in the past and, and so sad to see that he fell away from it afterwards. All right, but continuing on here, uh, what is going on though in modern times here? We have seen in Psalm 83, uh, one of the, the great tragedies of today is that Psalm 83, that there is an alliance that's being made by Esau. Remember, in the letter that has been written by these men here, uh, the Jewish rabbis here, they make a very interesting statement here in section 4. All right, They say they have claimed to the, to the benefit of all the duties not only of justice but also of active human brotherly love. In the past, relationships between Christians and Jews were often seen through, the, through adversarial relationships of Esau and Jacob. Yet Rabbi Naftali V. Berlini uh, Netzev already understood at the end of the 19th century that Jews and Christians are destined by God to be loving partners. What? Loving partners? Did you not just hear what I read to you a few moments ago from Daniel 11? When I corrected the translation for you there where it says they shall marry the vision? You have to see, see friends, this is, the, this is a case of a repeat in history. As Ahab married Jezebel and brought idolatry into Israel, 
So today, these rabbis are marrying again Jezebel, which is none other than the Roman Catholic Church, and bringing idolatry into Israel. Now, actually, it's kind of funny. It's like Jezebel's trying to get Ahab this time around here. So it was the Catholic Church that married Ahab this time. They married Israel. They did it in order to create the state to begin with, and they set up who's going to be the boss and who's going to, who's going to say what and do it when and how and everything else. Oh my gosh. Anyway, God to be loving partners. In the future, when the children of Esau are moved by pure spirit to recognize the people of Israel and their virtues, then we will also be moved to recognize that Esau is our brother. I, I mean, has anybody forgot that what Malachi said? Have you guys really forgot? Let, let me take you what Malachi says. I, eventually we're going to get back over to Psalm. I promise we're going to get back to Psalm. But let me, let's, let's just go look for those brethren uh, in Israel that don't seem to remember the prophet Malachi and what prophet Malachi said. He says here, the burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, saith the Lord, yet ye say, wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, saith the Lord, yet I loved Jacob, but Esau I hated. And made his mountains a desolation and gave his heritage to jackals of the wilderness. Whereas Adam saith, we are beaten down, but we will return and build the waste places. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, they shall build, but I will throw down. And they shall be called the border of wickedness. And the people whom the Lord uh, excreteth forever. Your eyes shall see and you shall say, the Lord is great beyond the border of Israel. You see, when we look back at the story of Jacob and Esau, what did, what did, what did you know, for, for a morsel of meat, so to speak, and it was, it was a bowl of pottage, it was actually for one little morsel of food, Esau sells out his birthright to his brother Jacob. Jacob got it. But let me tell you something, friends. When in the modern days today, the Roman Catholic Church in Nicaea 325, they sold their birthright as well. And they sold it for the exact same thing that Esau did. They could have been the true church that would have led all the way down through the ages. But even in the humane gospel, Yeshua spoke about what you would do. That there would be wicked men that would come along, pervert the words of Yeshua. You sold, you did, you sold your birthright, Catholic Church. You sold it out also for a piece of meat. Sacrifice to idols. In fact, you even aligned yourself with the Mithras religion of Constantine's day. Even Constantine regretted later in his life that this ever happened. He regretted what, what happened to Eusebius. Eusebius told what the true believers believed about in the beginning there. But you took and sold your birthright, altered the word of God. Just like, no wonder why God doesn't forgive Esau. For those of you that don't know who Esau is, you're going to find out in just a few moments. This is something we'll deal with in this news broadcast here. 
All right? So see, I'm just reminding my Jewish brethren here, God is not going to pardon Esau. Because Esau is not, Esau is Rome today. All right? It, it is the spirit of Esau, but it's literally, it's physically Esau as well. Hadad was the one sole heir of Esau. The royal line of Esau was Hadad that escaped the sword of David, goes down into Egypt, raised by the Pharaoh of Egypt. When he becomes a man, the Pharaoh gives him his wife's sister to marry. Then he wants to be, then he wants to take it and go back to his people. He doesn't go to Edom. He goes to Syria. Becomes the king of Syria later. There were some decent kings in Syria. I'm not saying that they weren't. But the whole point is, is Hadad though, he brought the, he brought the Egyptian religion up into Syria, married there, and then later migrated up into Rome, northern Africa, and then over into Rome. The Jewish Jews actually followed his lineage. And we have several books in the Bible that clearly identify that it is that Daniel is one, when he speaks about that prince that shall come, will be of the people to destroy the temple and the sanctuary. Titus was the Roman general that destroyed the temple and the sanctuary. All right, and the princess shall come, a Pontifus Maximus, is of the people that destroyed the temple and the sanctuary. Now, some say, well, that was the Syrians. It wasn't Titus. Titus gave the orders. Why do you think they have the Ark of Titus there in Israel? The reason they got the Ark of Titus there is, is to commemorate the destruction of the, of the second temple. And they carried away all the treasures. Obadiah clearly identifies the Romans for doing this. And he even does say that you stood aloof while your brother was ransacked, murdered, pillaged, and raped, the women raped, and everything else. Yes, Obadiah does tell us who you are. The Roman Catholic Church of today are the descendants of Esau. That doesn't mean all that the Catholic people that are there. He does say to you, and he says that this is actually a prophecy to Israel in Revelation 18.4, and it's also as well, it's in the, it's in the Torah as well, uh, or, the, or the Old Testament, I should say, come out of her, my people, and be not partakers of her sin. That's Revelation 18.4. That's both Jew and Christian alike. Catholic people that are part of it, come out of it. He says to Israel, they'll come out of it, come out of her, my people, and be not partakers of her sins and her plagues. Because why? God is going to pour the plagues out on Esau. Alright? Now, let's jump back over here then to, as I was going to get you over here, into Psalm 83. Psalm 83 is important because we're going to learn a little bit about what Esau does there. He says, For lo, thine enemies, verse 3, are in an uproar, and they that hate thee have lifted up the head. That's their leader. They hold crafty converse or counsel against thy people, that's Israel, and take counsel against thy treasured ones. Sufanecha, Sufanti, or Sufon, is the root word right here in Hebrew on your screen. That word means uh, hidden, not Treasured. You can use treasured, but the more correct way is, is like the famous uh, song that we have in Israel, Utsumpanti. Uh, uh, um, see, it's the hidden ones. Your hidden ones is what he says here. That's the two witnesses. So they hold a crafty uh, counsel against thy people, 
This has been a plot and plan, Israel, against you. This whole thing that they're doing right now, this wonderful little document that they got going on with a bunch of rabbis that are nothing but a bunch of backslidden rabbis to begin with. Rabbis, you have a chance to get out of this mess too. Repent is what you need to do. Maybe you ought to listen to that little boy named Nathan that came out. People say he's crazy. The people that are saying it are the ones that are crazy. That young man, God used that young man. He may not have said something that you liked, or, or maybe the Messianic movement hates what he had to say. But I guarantee you one thing, how'd that little boy know there was going to be two witnesses going to be laying dead on the mountain there and raised up just before the coming of the Lord? No, nobody knew about that, did they? Mm. Anyway, they, counsel, they, they, they take counsel against the hidden ones. Why? Because they know the two witnesses are coming. That's going to cause them a problem. They have said, come, let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. Well, rabbis, you didn't know that, did you? Or maybe you do know it. For they have consulted together with one consent against thee, do, uh, against thee, do they make a covenant, the tenth of Adam, Adam, what do you know? Adam's involved in this. Esau's children. The tents of Adam. The churches. And the Ishmaelites, Moab, and the Hagarites. This is these Arabic countries all around Israel. What is this, what is this confederacy to begin with? This confederacy that Rome has been doing is they're going to take, because they're trying to manufacture a millennial reign on earth. And they're trying to marry the vision with a bunch of backslidden, lawless Israelites. And because things are not going to go the way they planned, they're also, they've already made a covenant with all the Arab nations around there. And they're going to bring them against you very soon to bring a war in Israel to, 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 to cause you to bend the knee and to bow to what their demands are. You know, this whole thing of the Antifada is started by the Vatican. The Vatican's own chief spokesman said there will not be peace in Jerusalem until you hand over, uh, give us the autonomy over all of our holy sites. That's a, that's a flat out threat, friends. That's a threat. Alright, but Israel don't seem to realize that. Instead, you go out and sign agreements with them instead. See, you gotta remember, the Vatican has other people doing the dirty work. Right now, he's got, he's got the, uh, the, the, the radical Palestinians, because not all Palestinians are bad people. Please don't mis misunderstand that. There's many good Palestinian people that love the Lord. There's many Christian Palestinian people, many Catholic ones as well, and no doubt they're a part of the radical movement. But I will tell you one thing. The radical ones there are only diverting the attention of the Israeli military to keep them in all places that you could ever imagine to weaken the borders. Why what? Hezbollah will begin to attack. Why Why is Israel keep... I mean, I realize that the Israeli government attacks certain people that they feel like as a threat to the country, like some of these real, uh, leaders and things. But is there something going on inside the government there that's only provoking Hezbollah? And before you know it, Hamas will attack. They're going to attack in a, in, a, in, a, in a coordinated effort. And I think they're doing it intentionally. I think this is what Psalm 83 is all about. Psalm 83 is not a war. Psalm 83 is a confederacy. And then there's going to be a war that follows it. Just like we see in Micah chapter 4 as well. Alright? So, anyway, we'll skip on past this so to save time. I want to I take you though real quick to also to Ezekiel. 
All right, we're going to go to Ezekiel chapter 35 is where we're going to go to. So you can kind of get an idea of just what Esau is up to, friends. All right, let's drop down to verse 7 here. Thus will I make Mount Seir most desolate. Maybe we need to back up. Uh, verse 5. Because thou hast had a hatred of old, and hast... Ooh, ooh, let's back up even more. Verse 3. And say unto it, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against the old Mount Seir, and I will stretch out my hand against thee, and I will make thee most desolate. He's talking about Adam. The Esau's descendants. I will lay thy cities waste, and thou shalt be desolate, and thou shalt know that I am the Lord, because thou hast had a hatred of old, and hast hurled the children of Israel into the power of the sword in the time of their calamity, and the time of the iniquity, uh, the time of the iniquity of the end. God's blaming Esau once again, which is none other than Rome. Obadiah, you'll see it in a moment. Obadiah is where Esau's identifies who they are. It's the Roman Catholic Church of today. But he says you threw them, threw them to the sword when it was the time that their iniquity had an end. Now, is that speaking back during the times when Yeshua came on the earth, or is it speaking of the times today? Because Daniel speaks about the iniquity coming to an end as well. And it seems to be in the 70th week of Daniel that that happens. So I'm thinking it's today. Therefore, as I live, saith the Lord God, I will prepare thee unto blood, and blood shall pursue thee. Surely thou hast hated thine own blood, therefore blood shall pursue thee. Because why? Jacob. He hates his brother Jacob. He hates Israel to this day. Thus will I make Mount Seir most desolate, and cut off from it, from it him that passeth through, and him that returneth. He's talking about all the dignitaries that go in and out of the Vatican there. And I will fill his mountains with his slain, and thy hills, and the valleys, and all thy streams shall they fall that are slain with the sword. I will make thee perpetual desolations, and thy city shall not return. And you shall know that I am the Lord, because thou hast said, These two nations and these two countries shall be mine. What two? Israel and Palestine. The Palestinian Authority, where they've already made it into two states, now they're calling on them to negotiate. The Vatican's already called them two states. But he says right here, he said, These two nations, these two countries shall be mine, and we will possess it, whereas the Lord was there. Somebody is right. He's coming, he's coming to take your land, friends. Therefore, as I live, saith the Lord God, I will do according to thine anger and according to thy envy, which thou hast used out of hatred against them, and I will make myself known among them when I shall judge thee. God's going to reveal Himself to Israel as soon as He judges you. And thou shalt know that the Lord hath heard all thy blasphemies which thou hast spoken against the mountains of Israel, saying they are laid desolate, they are given us to devour. I guess that's going to be the war you bring up against them, huh? And you have magnified yourself against me with your mouth and have multiplied your words against me. I've heard it. Thus saith the Lord God, when the whole earth rejoiceth, I will make thee desolate. As thou didst rejoice over the inheritance of the house of Israel, because it was desolate, so I will do unto thee, thou shalt be desolate, O Mount Seir, and all Edom. There you know, now you know Mount Seir is. It's Edom, Esau, even all of it, and they shall know that I am the Lord. When? When the earth rejoices. You know when the earth rejoices? I'll share that with you. I'll share that one with you as well. You may not be able to see it so well here because I don't have much of a way to to make um, 
I don't have any way to actually cause this particular screen here to get larger that I'm aware of. This here is in the Christian Bible for my Jewish brothers that might be following along here. Revelation chapter 11. This is after the two witnesses have been killed and then their bodies are going to be raised up. But it says here in verse 8, And their dead bodies shall lie in the street, great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Verse 9, And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. Verse 10, And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwell on the earth. And verse 11, And after three days and a half the Spirit of God from God entered into them and they stood upon their feet and great fear fell upon them which saw them. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying, Come, uh, un, uh, unto, saying unto them, Come up hither. See, when does the earth rejoice? During that three and a half days when these two witnesses are laying dead in the street. Nathan saw them laying dead and what did he see in the vision that he saw? He saw Israel get attacked. Didn't he? For with thanksgiving, I will come to your presence with joy and gladness. I will lift you up. For you are the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Who can be likened unto you? He that watches the affairs of men. Glory be to your name. Glory be to your name. Amen. I will enter with the devil in my heart. I will enter your cup with praise. I will sing. This is the day that the Lord. I will rejoice for his name. I will enter his gate with a gift in my heart. I will enter his door with That the Lord has made, I will rejoice for He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I am so glad. I will rejoice for the hands. Let me glad. He 
He loves me. He loves me. You I cannot say why. Atawale, 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 Yahweh, Yahweh, Atawale, 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 Yahweh. the position every spirit of barriers every spirit of cancer every spirit of tobacco asthma every spirit of infection fibroids painful menstruation gonorrhea symphony lost palm counts by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth I decree at the tongue of the prophet receive your healing right now in the name of Jesus Christ, say Amen. He's in control. He's in full control. My Lord Jesus. He's in full control. My Lord Jesus. Before the end of this ministration, your life will never remain the same. Say amen to that. You don't have to worry. And don't you be afraid. Joy comes in the morning, trouble day don't last always. For that's a friend in Jesus who wipe away your tears. And if your heart is broken, just lift your voice and Bye. 
I look towards the heavens and behold the Son of Man and the angels around the throne of grace. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I call upon thee, O Son of God. Yes, Lord. Send down thy spirit. Yes, Lord. Thou spirit of consolation. Let it come upon our life, O God. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Abasi, 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 Abasi,
Yo yeah. 